What's up, everybody, on this week's episode of Guys Talking Sports. We discuss the NFL, and we discuss the, the AFC and NFC divisional games, and now who's going to be representing the AFC and the NFC in the, the championship games. We also talk about the situation going on with Ed Reed and Bethune Cookman, and some of the NFL coaching hires that took place over the past couple of days. Kind of some head scratchers. But make sure you guys tune in to this week's episode of Guys Talking Sports. What's up, everybody, and welcome to another episode of Guys Talking Sports. I'm here today with my co-host, uh, Smooth, uh, our, our, our the man of the hour, Mr. Quarles, Mr. Quarles, Mr. Q. Yeah, call him nasty if you like. He uh, he's out on assignment. He out there doing things, trying to track down all the stuff that's going on out there. But he may be missed, but he's here in spirit, I'm sure. So, E, what's good? Chilling here, man, on a rather um, brisk and chilly Thursday, January night. Indeed, indeed. As I sit here and uh, reflect on 47 years of just passed by in my life, I can honestly say I'm happy. So, happy birthday to me. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> in about three hours or so, but, you know. I'm pre-gaming with a, a tall blue cup of H2O. <laughs> I was about to say, I thought you were going to say a, a tall blue cup of uh, <laughs> something. <laughs> oh, no, the water tonight. Do something tomorrow. <laughs> the water tonight. <laughs> Got to get nice and hydrated. <laughs> uh, but anywho, so much going on in the world of sports. Uh, where do we begin? Um, oh, okay, let's start with the NFL. Uh, in the NFC Championship, we have the the Eagles and the 49ers. And in the AFC, we have Kansas City and Cincinnati. I believe all of us have at least one wrong from our predictions of last week. I know I predicted the Giants to beat the Eagles, but I think, oh, and I also predicted the Bills over Buffalo. I got two wrong. <laughs> uh but based off of the games from last week, what, what did you come away with as far as what you believe might be the uh, the possible outcome of uh, the next Super Bowl coming up in two weeks? Uh, my takeaway is I have no idea how this is all going to shake out, <laughs> to be perfectly honest. Um, if you start in the NFC, um, I thought the Cowboys were going to be the um the 49ers was just felt like it was going to be their year however the 49ers excuse me the cowboys proved to be the cowboys yet again a lot of talk a lot of hype a lot of weed and boys but at the end of the day they just <laughs> wet the bed <laughs> as Stephen a says what can go wrong will go wrong with them and it seems like it always does um but um, the 49ers, uh, Rock Purdy, man, he's, I'll give it to Kyle Shanahan. They're dialing up a great scheme. He didn't look particularly great. Not, he, did not. He, he got away with a lot of stuff in that one, in that one pass that, that they keep talking that he threw to Travis Kelsey, which was an unbelievable great pass five years ago. Travis Kelsey would have got his head taken clean right off because mm -hmm. Brock Purdy hung his man out there to dry. But you saw the you saw the cowboy D, you know DB, he he rose up and then slid to the side. Back mm -hmm. in the day, <laughs> Travis Kelsey would have been out cold. You had to clean this clock for sure. Heck yeah, but um, but no, they um, you know, Bart Purdy has you know he at the end of the day he played better than Dak Prescott. You know he had his moments. Dak Prescott didn't play particularly good. Um, but the defense plays strong, but the offense, I don't know. He, he, he's going to need, they're going to need to clean a lot of that up going, going with Philadelphia. Um, cause their defense is just as tout, you right. know, as, as the Niners. Um, but, um, and on the NFC side, that was a heck of a game between, um, um, Buffalo and 
Buffalo and Cincinnati for about the first half of the first quarter. <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh, shit, it was get blown out. Wouldn't 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 since he up fourteen nothing at one point. <laughs> and then they got it like they they got it down to like seven, and then all of a sudden it was just like, how is this going to be your home stadium? Your kind of football weather, and you guys got your butts, you know, beat. Not as thorough. They didn't get their clocks clean as thoroughly as my Giants did. Um, but they got, they almost got ran out of their own building. And um, I don't know. I mean, this is going to be very, this is, this is a pick em for me. I mean, you know, Patty Mahomes is a little hobbled. He's going to play. If he's, if he's at 60%, that's probably going to be the best they're going to get with him for Saturday, for Sunday's game. Mm-hmm. Ain't no way he's going to be 70, 80, no matter what they're talking about. But these are some good games. And, you know, it was 32. And now we have, Four. Well, to go back to the Niner, Niner Cowboys game, I think the turning point was when Tony, Tony Pollard got injured and didn't come back. Um, the difference between the Cowboys and the Niners in that game, Purdy played, Purdy managed the game. Dak did some foolish, you know, threw some foolish interceptions. But it wasn't intercept. Uh, those interceptions weren't enough to hurt them, because they were continuously in the game. But I think what separated that uh, both teams that night was more so the run game, and the Niners were able to lean on the run game and CMC and uh, the backup running back to really control the narrative in the second half. Whereas if Tony Pollard were out there, I think he would have gave the Niners defense more fits would have created a different uh, different uh, mat, uh, mismatches or different matches, I'm sorry, different matchups where Dak might have been able to exploit the, the Niners defense based off of some play action. And that also probably would have opened up Zeke more when you got to sit there and use Zeke as the primary, primary running back. Obviously, he's not the Zeke from when he was his first couple of years in the league, obviously. Um, that's what kind of separated the two that the Niners offensive line really controlled the narrative in that game. And Purdy didn't do anything too drastic uh, to cause the Niners to lose. Um, no, he's not. I mean, he's those, uh, those, those golden years. And he was first in it, those first, you know, you know, three up to four years. It was all about Zeke feed Zeke. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, he ain't that feeds Zeke no more. You need to give him like 10, 12 carries a game and uh call it call it uh, call it a quits because he's just not that guy anymore. He doesn't have that burst. I mean he could be that that bruiser, definitely, but he's not that uh he's not that that burst like the Tony Pollard. Uh who should be a, the featured back, but I think the the Cowboys should go out there and, and look at it for another running back just to be on the safe side as well. Yeah. Um uh, like you said, Cincinnati Buffalo, that was just that was just laughable. You know, it's just like, wow, you know, uh, Cincinnati came and punched Buffalo in the mouth with a quick two piece, startled them. They got their composure back, hit back real quick. And then Cincinnati was like, I'm done with this. <laughs> they took the gloves off and really started mauling on their ass. And that was that. You know what I mean? It was it was this total domination from beginning to end. Uh, Buffalo had no answer, no nothing. Um, just lost their moxie. I don't, I don't know. Uh, I think they had a couple defensive players hurt, um, but I don't know. The the it was the pedestrian looking Josh Allen, like mid season Josh <laughs> Allen that was playing, and not the elite looking Josh Allen that played towards the end of the season. He looked very very pedestrian. Like he almost, I wouldn't say he looked confused, but. He just didn't look like he didn't look like himself. And well, the Eagles Cowboys, I'm sorry, the Eagles Giants. Uh, what was that two weeks ago? No, that was last week. That was last uh, week, yeah. yeah. Yeah, the Giants, this, eh, I took a shot. <laughs> I don't know, nobody, they should have never been there to begin with. And they, they were playing with house money. And unfortunately, they just, uh, you know, they lost. They, they, I, 
they they deserve to be there, but I think they're going to be better next year with the, the experience under their under their belt. Now the bigger question is with Daniel Jones and Saquon, what they're going to do um, moving forward. Who knows? And then obviously Kansas City, Jacksonville. Um, this goes to show Jacksonville wasn't in over their head, but I just think the the moment might have got too big. And then of course Patrick Mahomes is just playing Superman on one leg, willing that team to, <laughs> to, to make sure that they don't lose. Not so much win, just make sure they don't lose. And now we have who we have. And I'm just, if I didn't have to, uh, thankfully the game started three. I have to work on Sunday. And I won't miss much of the first game, the NFC game. But um, I am curious. I, I have a, I have a strong feeling that Philadelphia is going to do something that really confuses Purdy. I'm not saying he's going to be the reason they lose, but I don't feel 100% confident that they may pull out a victory. And like you said, uh, 60 or 70% Patrick Mahomes, I don't know if that's enough to beat Cincinnati. Uh coming out of the AFC, but I guess that's why we play the game. You never know. You're right. That's definitely is. I mean, um, you know, like I, I was very surprised with that, but how to, how that Buffalo Bills game turned out. Um, clearly one team was prepared for the, for the weather and the other team clearly looked like they wasn't. <laughs> and, you know, you know, I think back to the playoffs last year when Kansas City and Buffalo had that tremendous game and they went to overtime and, you know, they were both Josh and um, Pat, um, Mahomes were battling, you know, touchdown for touchdown, you know, score for score. They get in the o- overtime and, you know, Patrick Mahomes hit, 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 hits Tyreek Hill and he scores and everybody's up in arms because, oh, Josh Allen should have got a chance to get the last ball and they knee-jerk react and wanted to change over time so they both can have it in the playoffs one time. Everybody was waiting for that. They were like clamoring to see that rematch again and to come out and Josh Allen and look, like you said, very pedestrian for half the season, started coming on second half of the season and then this game, he looked pedestrian. (laughs) So So it was like Everybody had that, you know, prisoner of the moment in the game waiting to anoint Josh Allen, that next guy. But that next guy <laughs> was sitting in Cincinnati. And uh, I, I'm not going to say he, he doesn't do all the things that Mahomes does, but he plays well in that offense with the pieces they have around him. I mean... Look, he has three, three. He has one elite, elite wide receiver, and two damn good wide receivers, and a, and a damn good uh, tight end. Not to mention, you got you got a, a really good running back in Joe Mixon, and a halfway decent offensive line. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I mean, I don't, I'm not even gonna say it's halfway decent because you got three three starters out, so I don't know what that is. But they exactly. sure as hell protected the hell out of him. <laughs> this goes to show it. This it just makes you wonder how stout Buffalo's defense was um, because they didn't play up to their expectations either. They look confused in a lot of plays as well. Um, but, you know, I, I think it's going to be, if, if Mahomes is 75% or 80%, because I heard on the radio that he looks to be walking without a limp. So I don't know what kind of miracle drugs they got going on in Kansas City right now. You know, maybe his, maybe his dad gave him some uh, some tips on how to kind of beat a rolled ankle because, you know, he's an athlete too. Um, what is he putting on, the clear or the cream? <laughs> it could be a combination of the both. <laughs> Who knows what Balco's got going on right now? They probably got a pseudo name, shit. Um, uh, yeah, uh, I'm, I think I really want to believe if Mahomes is good enough, it might be a shootout. I don't see where either defense because I don't I don't have any faith in Kansas City's defense. No, their and, defense is trash. And you can't tell me that Eli Apple is automatically this that damn good when he's shutting down big time receivers. So 
And yeah, he talking a lot of smack over there. All of them are talking a lot of smack, talking about they looking forward to going to um Burrow, uh, was it Burrowhead? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh you don't hear nothing. Well, there's that one bulletin board thing that the linebacker from uh, Kansas City said today. Talking about what about the the Kansas City off um the Cincinnati's offense kind of scares him. He was like nothing, you know, because I think in order for um, Burrow to be effective, they have to establish the run. And if the run is being shut down and you have to effectively effectively complete passes, I'm not saying that he's not going to be able to sling the rock, but I don't think that'll be enough to beat uh to beat Kansas City, because even though Kansas City doesn't have Tyreek Hill, you know, uh, Pacheco is coming on. Uh, Travis Kelsey is going to be Travis Kelsey. You know, they got talented wide receiver. And and uh, and Mahomes is not sitting there, you know, fo- focusing and feeding one receiver. He doesn't care. He's just getting the ball out to whoever's open. So they have that such a dick and dunk offense, and then they'll just catch you catch you sleeping and throw it deep. And next thing you know, they, they hit you, hit you over the top. So I think it's going to be a shootout for that, uh, for that game personally. Cause I don't trust either one of their defense coming into this damn game. No. <laughs> now Philly and, 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 and San Francisco, now that's going to be a heavyweight fight, but the two, the two of them are going to be standing in the damn middle of the ring. just trading blows. I, I think that's how that's going to go. Because, mm-hmm. um, Philly got a dynamic running back, running backs. They got the they got the receivers. Uh, Jalen Hurts playing out of his mind this season. And like I said, uh, I don't know what they're gonna do as far as a game plan for Purdy, but uh, I hope they clean it up because he was not looking great last week. And this defense is a hell of a lot better than the defense he faced last week going into this week. So. Uh, <laughs> I, I wait with bated breath. <laughs> <laughs> well, both of these teams are going to be face, facing a lot better defenses of both men because, you know, you know the Eagles, you know the Eagles' offense. That ain't the Giants' defense out there. They basically just let them do whatever they want. <laughs> right, right, exactly. So that's, and, and that's how I felt with the uh, the Dallas game in the Niners. If if Pollard didn't go down, I think the game would have been just as close. But I think Dallas would still would have had a about as good a shot as any to win that game. Because mm-hmm. they uh, t- Pollard is a difference maker as far as coming with catching passes out the backfield and also running the rock. Something that Zeke just, yeah, he, yeah, he needs to lay off whatever the hell he eating. He's just slow. I just don't get it. He don't have that burst no more, man. He just looks slow. Ah, it's, the cur- it's the curse of the Ohio State players, quarterbacks and running backs. <laughs> Well, uh, well, I will say the quarterback for the for the, the Bears right now runs pretty damn fast. <laughs> for now, <laughs> <laughs> right? <laughs> but well, I will say this: I'll say this for your 49ers. I, if I'm the 49ers, if I'm Kyle Shanahan, uh, you got to either do two or one things. You got to get a nice lead. Don't let don't let the Eagles get a nice lead on you because they don't play well. They don't play well doing catch up mm-hmm. because then they got to change their offense because now they can't run. They got to throw. Right. And I don't think the Eagles are still hundred percent sold on putting the game totally in, in um, Jalen Hurts hands to throw it, you know, 25, 30 times a game or, or keep it real close. They're good when they get the lead and they can front run the hell mm-hmm. out of you. But when it's nip and tuck or they got to play, play, you know, or they got to catch up, they, they struggle. They might win a game, but they struggle. Well, it's going to be a heavyweight belt. That's to me, that's the Super Bowl because I don't care who come out of the AFC East, unless it's the end. Honestly, I don't think either Cincinnati or Kansas City is going to be able to sit there and match with the defense that either the Niners or the Eagles puts out there. Hmm. Personally, I don't know. <laughs> that's. Uh, tell me who t- man. I can't I can't call it. I, I I don't know. I mean I'm actually I'm I'm, I'm, I'm slight in I'm slightly in favor of Cincinnati winning this with Kansas City. Um only because they've been playing pretty darn good the last 
discounting the Ravens game, a game that they should have probably lost. Right. Right. <laughs> uh, up until that, you know, they've been playing pretty good. Can't see that defense is just, I don't know. It, you're right. They got to outscore you. They're not going to outmuscle you. Exactly. They got to outscore you. So, but Styles, you know how they say stop Styles make um, fight. So, I don't know. We'll see. <laughs> I'm, I'm just saying that as far as, you know, I can't speak on the Eagles because I don't watch much and I, I could only see but so many Niners games. But just watching the games that I had for the Niners, the Niners front seven is this, damn, they fast and they, they're <laughs> strong. And I don't care, man. Look, Pacheco is Pacheco's nice, but he ain't going to get much if they come to the Super Bowl. And if it's and if it's Joe Mixon in Cincinnati in the Super Bowl versus the Niners, that run game getting shut down. I'm, now, I'm not saying that they're not going to be able to pass the rock because it's a passing league. But, you know, that front seven and Cincinnati's offensive line is shaky at best. And Kansas City offensive line ain't that great either. <laughs> so, yeah, you know, and it, you got a, a halfway hobble Mahomes and then Joe Burrows are not the fleet, the, the most fleet of foot, and he already had one knee injury. So I know that's like <laughs> in the back of his damn head. So I, I just don't see how either team coming out of the AFC is going to beat whatever team coming out of the NFC personally, just from a defensive standpoint. I think they have a harder time against the 49ers personally than against the Eagles, either one of those teams, because the Eagles, their their weakest link is their is the backside, their secondary. Mm-hmm. They can, they're not that they're not that good. The front the front um, the front seven for the Eagles is stout. But you can pass on them. I believe it. They I got they, it. they 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 have been lit up. <laughs> but my my whole thing is if uh if the uh it's only so much my whole thing is in either sense, if Philly gets up and you gotta pass the rock, then now you really can disguise zone and man coverages and try to confuse you may not confuse I'm a Holmes, but you can still might be able to confuse a Burrow somewhat, you know, because the, the great ones don't get confused very much. But, you know, all you got to do is, all you got to do is just hit him a couple times. Knock him <laughs> off his, knock him off his, uh, his sight or that spot that he loves. You ain't got to sack him. Just, just make sure he feels a couple hits and I guarantee that's when they get rattled. And, and I don't know how Bert, uh, Brock Purdy just seems to stay as cool as he does, but I put like this. I don't know if I would put money on that game. <laughs> I mean, none of these, neither one of these games, man. I don't care what the line. I know the line for the Kansas City um, Cincinnati game like drifted way towards Cincinnati. You know, be, you know, early in the week. Now is come back to Kansas City. I'm with you. I ain't put money in either one of those games because personally, they can go either way. Got you right, and I'd be mad if I lose my twenty dollars on that. I damn sure ain't putting down no real money. <laughs> I ain't got no real money to put down. So, oh, so, so, well, we can always talk about this once the season is over, and you know, and, you know, and, and we're getting into you know free agency and the draft. I know you had mentioned about the what the Giants are going to do with you know Barkley and Jones. They'll probably both get contracts. Yeah, they'll. Well, Daniel Jones, you ain't you kind of don't have any other option. You can franchise tag him. Yeah, but but is he worth 40 mil? Hell no. That franchise tag could be like 30 something, like 32, 35. Yes, for him, it will be. Oh, for him? How's that? Based off his stats? Uh, Whenever he, he's not getting 40. They were saying early in the week, if mm-hmm. you franchise tag him, the franchise tag for him would be at 30, between 32 and 35. If I were the Giants? But I don't think they're going to franchise tag him. If I were the Giants, if they're going to, if they're going to try to work out a deal with, I would, I would do the non-exclusive franchise tag. Make it so that other teams, if they feel as though they want to try to take them away, get some draft picks from them, and just hope that uh, the you can find a, uh, a capable quarterback in, in free agency to come in and take take his place. Then if you do that, then you can probably go out there and try to get a Derek Carr 
or somebody else that's come in there and try to do something as opposed to uh as opposed to uh trying to sign him to 30 32 35 million because he hasn't he hasn't really even shown me that he could get that but i guess that's just the going rate for a quarterback that's serviceable in the NFL, like, you know, everybody's clamoring over Gino. What's he going to do in free agency? Because he's like the number two free agent right now. <laughs> but Seattle would be stupid to let him walk. But then what do you pay him? And that's, and, and, and therein lies the rub. <laughs> so, like I said, I mean, the, the Giants right now, they're, I mean, they're not going to get one of the top guys in the, in the draft. You know, they're too low to get a good, a, get a good QB. They're, the QB free agent market is not robust, <laughs> to, to say the least. True, true. And if 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 one thing that the Eagles the Eagles game proved to you is that they got a roster to fix, <laughs> yeah. and Daniel Jones could at least you can you can sign them to maybe a two year with a third year option, or like you said, do a you know what is it, the exclusive franchise tag. Mm. Maybe somebody would jump up and give you. I don't think somebody is, but their best bet is just to keep them around for another two years, fix the damn roster, and then eventually go out and try to get a young QB and then groom them to take to take the place. But then, but then you're stuck in a little quandary. Is if Dayball's the coach, right? You know. Yep. Okay. Dayball continues with this winning ways. And Daniel Jones is at the helm. If you give him that two-year or that three-year option and he plays well all three years, then you're stuck again. You're not going to sit there and waste a high draft pick on a decent quarterback because if you're winning, you're not going to get one of those high those high draft picks. So then you're stuck. Like, damn, we got to go down this road again. Do we actually pay this man this time? Or <laughs> and then that, and I think that's what everybody's sitting there with like they're hoping that if they do decide to break open the, the change book a little bit and give him a little bit more more money, that he doesn't regress to be the quarterback from years two and three. <laughs> Which is why you give him something very, very team friendly, very short, something that uh, you can get up out of, up off of quick, quick, you know, sooner than later. Right. And something that still give you flexibility because I don't care who you bring in. You can bring in Derek Carr. You can bring in Jimmy G. You can bring in anybody that's still out there that still has some air in the tires. That roster is still trash. <laughs> I mean, but and, you guys have been doing a great job addressing the O line. But y'all don't they, got no receivers. That's the, that, that's your problem. You got no damn that's, receivers. That's that's a that's a the Giants are a two three year project. Mm-hmm. But probably got sped up a little bit because they played good. Now we're going to find out next season if if this past season was a blip or is it more of a trend, mm-hmm. and then you'll know if you really got something or or they were just playing above their heads. But like I said, I think they'll they're probably going to give them you know a short term contract or an exclusive tag. If someone jumps up, they got to give up some stuff. Mm-hmm. I don't think anybody is, but like I said. They got roster spots to fill. They got, they got to shore up. They got some receivers they got to get. They need some cornerbacks they got to get. They got to get some more depth at their old, you know, the, the um, the O line, the defensive line. Mm-hmm. Probably you want to get another um, tight end. So they got so much they got to go on. Daniel Jones playing well meant that he is at least at the moment not your, not the first thing you got to worry about. Okay, so staying at the quarterback topic, what do you think is going on with the with the Ravens? What do you believe is going to happen with uh, Lamar? They don't want to pay him that money. <laughs> See, Baltimore's never wanted to pay. Baltimore's never a team that sits there and goes out there and pays top money, but then they went out there and signed Roquan Smith to the, to the highest paid, I think he's a, inside linebacker in the NFL history? Because they value the defense more more offense. And Mm -hmm. you know what what, what probably really scared them them shitless? Kyler Murray. Oh, yes. Arizona gave Kyler Murray all that money. He started bucking before he even got hurt. 
and then he got hurt, blew out his blew out his ACL, and he might be available to play at at the earliest what um, beginning of next of, of the season coming up. They're afraid to give them, you know, they're afraid to give Lamar Jackson that kind of money. And then that same thing happens. Uh, I agree. And what makes you, you know, Lamar unique is his legs. But I think I heard on the radio where all these injuries that these quarterbacks have that have that unique talent when, you know, using their legs, they've always got hurt in the pocket, though. It wasn't, except for RG3. When he hurt his knee trying to run across and uh, Haloni Nada, um, he whipped his knee up when uh, Haloni Nada tackled him. That would be the only time like he was actually running. But um, here's here's my my thought process between all this, and this is what I'm hearing on the pundits and the radio stations down here too. They really believe that Lamar, that the the Ravens talking all that crap, like you know they want him, they want him here. I truly think they are going to tag him and trade him. Because now they don't have an OC. And at this point, they can sit there and say, well, maybe we want to go in a different direction. They have the run game and all this other things going on, but they don't want to pay a quarterback. So here's here's my thought process. This is what I'm thinking, and I could be totally way off base. This might seem real far-fetched as shit, but you know that's why we talk. So I was thinking they non-exclusive tag him, trade him to the Jets. They get two first-round picks for the Jets. Now, I think what they'll do is, and this sounds crazy, but I think they will flip one of those first-round picks and throw some other things at it and try to try to transfer well, try to trade for Trey Lance from the Niners because he's still under his rookie contract. The way the offense is set up is real, you know, run heavy. They could take one of those first round draft picks, go get a wide receiver. Hopefully, um, Justin Bateman could come back and be that receiver who they think he, you know, he is. That gives them two legit wide receivers. They got two legit tight ends and Mark Andrews and um, Isaiah Likely. The the O-line is pretty damn good. And I think that could reset the Ravens to really go out there and address some other needs that they have, like in the secondary and stuff like that. Just my opinion. But I think he's probably one of the few quarterbacks that are available in the league right now outside of trying trying to draft a rookie that you can get that could be competent enough to run that side of offense. Because I'm hearing rumors that unless something drastic happens, it's Brock Purdy's team going into next season. Now you have a third overall pick sitting on your roster as a backup. Just a thought. It may seem far-fetched, but I think that that doesn't seem too illogical either. That I, it, stranger things have happened. I mean, <laughs> clearly the Ravens and and um, Ravens and Lamar Jackson are at a serious impasse. Mm-hmm. He wants, he wants Kyla Murray money, but he wants that money to be the baseline. That's like this, this the starting. That's not the ceiling. That's like the floor. Mm-hmm. Um, and the Ravens are looking like uh, uh, they can franchise tag him. And you still make him play one year, but we want to play on our franchise tag. It's guaranteed money, but then if you get hurt, then what? Exactly. So we're, it's, it's not a done deal that they franchise tag him and you want to play. We've seen players get franchise tag and sit. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So my, my whole thing is why not trade for a Trey Lance? It's not sexy. I mean, you still don't really know what you got in the Trey Lance. As far as, you know, he, was, he looked kind of, he didn't look very great in that first game against Chicago, but, you know, it was a monsoon and wasn't the best perfect conditions for a, a second year pro to really come out on. And then obviously he was driving on the next game and then he broke his ankle. 
but he sat all year. I'm sure his rehab is going great. He'll come back stronger, faster. His body, his body is going to be good because he got no real wear and tear. <laughs> Take a shot. <laughs> I, I, why not? I mean, it's. I mean, yeah. I mean, I guess we can't pivot to your 49ers. I was going to ask about that until after. <laughs> until after I mean, the season is over. I mean, we'll know more as as you know time ticks because you got pretty much you got two weeks before the Super Bowl. And then from that point, I think they have until like mid-March to tag to come to a to come to you know to an agreement with a contract where they gotta tag them. But then I think they have until like mid-June to, to finalize it. I don't think I mean you got two people you can blame. You could blame um you could blame old boy's uh agent from uh Cleveland and then Kyler Murray. <laughs> <laughs> And, and I know the sitting there, the 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 Ravens brass is just sitting there like, why, mother, why Cleveland would you agree to some shit like this? Everybody, did, everybody was <laughs> all of thirty-one teams look at them like, are you lost your damn fucking minds, really? <laughs> <laughs> Cleveland's like, I know what we doing. I know Deshaun Watson didn't look all that great when he first came on, but Cleveland started to look halfway decent <laughs> towards yeah. the end. They, they gonna be something. To, they ain't gonna be something to mess with next season. <laughs> they they will be if, if 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 he can get back to where he was before all this stuff went down. Yeah, they're mm-hmm. as long as you can keep have all your do all your stuff in the crib, man. <laughs> don't even come out the house, dog. <laughs> Actually, don't even do nothing in the crib, man. Just <laughs> I mean, you just, gotta live. You know, you, you gotta you gotta enjoy yourself, but you know, find a girlfriend. Yeah, and just have and just have. Male masseuses, <laughs> or 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 have a a poly a poly uh, relationship where you can have two women and then you can just do whatever the hell you want. <laughs> do, a, do a Nick Cannon. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Ain't nobody sitting there judging them other than damn, you just got a lot of kids. But we that's that's all we can say, you know. But anywho, there'll be plenty of football to talk about. You know, it's always the drama of the NFL that is the gift that keeps giving, even well after the Super Bowl. Hell yeah. <laughs> so moving right along, um want to touch a little bit into this college football and Bethune Cookman uh University and Ed Reed situation. Uh for many of you who may or may not be aware of the situation, Ed Reed had a, a potential contract in place to become the head coach of Bethune Cookman's football team. Uh, he had been in the area or around the school for three weeks, going on four weeks prior to even signing this contract. And from what my understanding to, from when listening to the interview he did with Roland Martin, where I found out a little bit more information about the situation, he was the the president decided that he felt as though that he was not a good fit for the position and decided to walk away from the situation because what I did not know, but I know this now, that though Bethune-Cookman is an HBCU, it is a Catholic HBCU. And what was the, the reasoning for what was going on it's my understanding that Bethune-Cookman was in more shape than uh, Jackson State, where Bethune-Cookman didn't even have a practice facility or practice field on campus that they had to go bus to their stadium to go practice and then bus back. And, and Ed Reed's mind was like, why are we spending money on all this bus stuff when we could sit here and try to develop a practice field on campus? So he went to an area on the campus where it was a, a big enough field where he was trying to clean it up. There's a lot of a lot of junk, a lot of trash. They said in that particular area, there's a lot of homeless people that lived in that area because the gate that kind of separates the school from the city was broken. So homeless people could come in, do whatever, sleep there. So from what he was saying, he was playing music, I guess that was unacceptable for a Catholic school but it's the music that the kids listen to. And somebody recorded them cleaning while listening to the music and it got back to the school president. 
And that's the reason why he claimed that it wasn't a good fit. That and also that when dealing with things the three weeks while he was on campus, he noticed some other deficiencies that he wanted the school to address. You know, that wasn't necessarily football, but it was just for the betterment of the school as a whole. But the football players are experiencing this stuff. And, you know, if he's trying to take care of his football players and they're living in a dorm or wherever they're living on campus, you can't address just the football players area. I don't think you got it. You can't address the rest of the, the student body. So it was that one incident that um, that was the reason why he got let go. But what I didn't know, do you remember a, a hooper by the name of Reggie Theus? Mm-hmm. I didn't know this, but he's, I think, if I understand Ed V correctly, he is the head coach of the men's basketball team, the Bethune-Cookman. Uh, I just found that quite recently. Yes. And from what Ed Reed is saying, and I don't want to misquote, but it's my understanding that Reggie Theus had something to do with the fact that he also did not get the opportunity to sign this contract and coach the team. So it's a lot of layers going on with this whole situation. And Ed Reed did come out and say that he had other HBCU coaching gigs that was offered to him. Jackson State was one. Grambling was another. And he chose Bethune-Cookman because I guess with his one, he was part of the, the coaching staff at the University of Miami. He said it was just a cultural fit as far as the location. He said he mentioned the beach. You know, I guess a lot of things that were kind of probably attracted him to the University of Miami. There's a lot of things that was going on with uh, Bethune-Cookman. And I've been on campus with Bethune-Cookman, and I think we both work. And it's really nice. I mean, but that was, God knows, 20-something years ago, so it's probably the shit now. But, um, <laughs> but uh, it was, it, was, uh, it was quite an interesting listen. And when I tell you that he was really passionate and crying during that interview with Roland Martin, it was, it was a sight to behold. And, he uh, he says what's really bothering him now is the fact that three football players came to Bethune-Cookman because of Ed Reed and now and signed their grant and aid and they're on campus and he can't do anything about trying to get them out of, their, out of the contract because they already signed the paperwork and Bethune-Cookman isn't letting the players go. And at this point, where are they going to be able to go? Because it's not like they're the I wouldn't say that they're not power five quality, but we don't even know those three players, if, if they're group of five quality, that they could probably latch on to somewhere else. Because, you know, right now, the, the second signing period is about to happen here in about a week or 10 days from now. We don't know if they'll even be eligible to go somewhere else because they're not being recruited. Mm -hmm. So he's really just in a bind, so to speak, because he's so invested in the kids. And they're trying to send out an olive branch to say, hey, let's just have a conversation to see where we can take this. And the university is not, not responding back. But Roland Martin said, like, look, man, if you want me to have a town hall on their campus and get the people here so we can try to mediate this whole thing, I'll do this. I was like, wow, okay. So it'd be interesting to see how this thing kind of pans out over the next couple of days, if anything at all happens. But I think I think other HBCUs that are not financially stable enough are looking at this whole situation and it's just like shaking in their boots because it's easy for another coach to come out here and students and players to come out here and say some crap and they're in the same boat as Bethune Cookman. <laughs> so yeah, so that's the backstory. Um, he probably could fill in some of the holes that I might have missed based off of you. What you know, I, I just so happened to watch that video prior to coming on to the show. So I thought it was really compelling. I mean, outside of the the, the conversation that um, Ed Reed had with Roland Martin, um, I know for, for the most part, about as much as you know, you know, from catching up with the story, I mean, I had heard bits and pieces over the last couple of weeks and then all this stuff, it was like a, a, a firestorm of information. So I had to kind of sit back and kind of catch up on the story myself. Mm -hmm. And um, 
I mean, yes, HBCUs, and we've talked about this earlier in the week, HBCUs overall have been underfunded. So mm -hmm. it's it's no surprise. I mean, hell, you talk to Dion. I mean, he even said it. He he didn't go to the great lengths of putting it out there as how Ed Reed did it, but he did he did talk about some of the deficiencies at HBCU. Now, the HBCUs are not like your some of these other other white schools, white schools, predominantly white institutions or power five institutions that have these multi-million dollar facilities for football players, mm -hmm. multi-million dollar dorm rooms for their student bodies, you know, have endowments from you know from former alumni, get grants, monies, donations, millions and millions of dollars from other alumni. No, you know, HBCUs have been from when we were going to you know in high school going to college up until now still in the same predicament my niece goes to North Carolina A&T and she's complaining about some of the um many of the um the house the housing issues there as well um, we're not going to get all into that I remember a couple of years ago the kids at Howard University were putting on film the mold and stuff in their rooms I was getting a petition and trying to get people to come out there nobody did anything but um, at least not that we are aware of, I'll put it like that. Right, right. So, so there's no, on, on, the, on one side, you have to know going in what you're getting into. And that's the mm -hmm. conversation that we had that if you're Bethune-Cookman and you're coming to Ed Reed and you're asking Ed Reed, would you like to coach? If I'm Ed Reed, oh, I'll, I'll do it. But you should at least go to the school if you're not 100% familiar tour the facilities, tour the school, see if all, all these places, if you know all these efficiencies, be like, I would like to coach, but we need to have X, Y, and Z addressed first, or, you know, the facilities for football, I need you to at least meet me halfway in some things. Now I have the resources to bring in other people that I could bring some money to the campus, bring some money to the campus, a la, you know, Deion Sanders did. Mm -hmm. But I would have liked to have thought and hoped that those kind of conversations would have happened before, you know, he even agreed to it. Because next, all we heard was, oh, Ed Reed is going to coach Bethune-Cookman. We don't know how long the conversations, you know, talks were going prior to that. And then Bethune-Cookman, if you're going to bring in Ed Reed, you should know who you're bringing in. Right. No matter what school you're going to, they do their damn homework. Now, there's going to be a lot of things that get slept by because the old white boy network will let some things go if they can think they can, you know, sweep it under the rug. But for the most part, you're going to know the kind of personality that you're bringing in, or at least you're going to think you know the kind of personality you're going to bring in. But you're going to do your due diligence interviewing vet and you're going to bring in. If you are bringing somebody in for name recognition, and be you know a former NFL player and thinking you're trying to capture lightning in a bottle with Jackson State got with Dion and you just said okay we'll just bring Ed Reed in no questions asked without knowing who this person is then there's fault on both sides right That's now right. I don't begrudge you know Ed Reed for what he said I mean he probably is not was a lie probably not lying about all all of it or, or over-exaggerating, because there are some issues. I don't got a problem with him blasting, you know, the school. I just had a problem with how he went about doing it. Well, from what I gather, when that, that first video that we all saw that we shared the group, it was a recruiting weekend for him. And he had 30 families in there. And he's being pushed out the door and he was told that he needs to stop the recruiting weekend and tell the families to go home and he was like nah he said he came out of his pocket like $2,500 to ensure that these families got fed and everything during this <laughs> that entire weekend <laughs> and he that video was just somebody one of the kids in there was recording him he was just pissed because it's like dude I'm seeing all this. I'm bringing parents in here. You know, this is all this that's going on. And I'm trying to work behind the scenes to get what I need done. During the Roland Martin interview, he was just like point blank. He's like, look, president, administration, I just want you guys to let me do what I need to do. 
and stay out of my way. And I think that's the approach that Dion probably did with Jackson State. He's like, look, I have my connections. I can do X, Y, Z. Dion is just more calm, cool, and collected and, and knows how to talk, where Ed Reed is this real passionate and can can have, you know, can, can talk some crap and some cuss words will come out of his mouth. Where Dion don't cuss, Dion don't drink, you know what I'm saying? So it's two different personalities, just like you said. And unfortunately, Dion probably would have went about it a little bit differently, would have probably would have kept the same talk and don't let his emotions get the best of him. And then after the weekend, probably would have had a conversation. They would have cleared everything up and then things would have... But Ed Reed is like, nah, man, you're lying on me. You know, these are what the kids listening to. We the ki- Myself and the football team was cleaning up this area to try to develop a practice field. For y'all. <laughs> but prior to that, he went on, he, he went on, you know, what was it? I think it was Facebook or it was Facebook Live or Instagram Live before that weekend and was talking about stuff prior before the kids got out there. And I think that's where the I'm not gonna say that's where the feathers really got got ruffled, but I think that's where it started. Cause I agree, because he he had the kids come down, then he said that. Mm. But he was very vocal publicly before that and I don't know it's one thing if you went to the administration and say hey look you know you know we got x y and z at the very least can we get these things addressed Mm -hmm. and if they say oh well you know if they blew you off and then these kids come up and these things still aren't addressed today it's all fair game you know guns are blazing right and but he still didn't have a contract signed (laughs) and he'd been on campus for three weeks so I think he said he was just trying to get some some minor details ironed out before he signed the contract. It, it, it happens all the time. And now some coaches will do some early some some early legwork, but they ain't gonna do a whole lot until you know names on the dotted line. But mm-hmm. I get it. But I mean, just it. Neither side looks particularly good at this point. I mean, you know, Bethune Cookman. They just said, well. F you, we don't, we don't need you. <laughs> and did it right when he had kids coming in from recruitment, you know, your weekend. And then, you know, Ed Reed, like you say, he's very passionate. And mm-hmm. sometimes his passion can probably get the better of him and might make him say things in a way is probably sh- not saying he shouldn't have said it, but how it comes out might be too abrasive for some other folks. Right. And he, he did on Roller Martin's show come out publicly apologize for, you know, his 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 actions as far as how that went down. But, you know, he's a passionate man first and then think about what the hell came out of my mouth after the fact. And then but he's Ed Reed, you know what I'm saying? So he's a hell of a football player and, and does great work in the community and all this good stuff. So and, and, and let's also be um, real about it. You know, in, in our community, no one likes anybody airing out our family business outside of the circle. <laughs> we can talk about everybody else's shit that's outside the circle, but we can't, we don't want anybody inside the circle talking about our shit outside the circle to anybody else. Agreed. And, you know. He made, made the administration look stupid. You know? And when you start doing that, when you start talking about our shit to the outs, quote unquote outsiders, you always going to piss people off no matter in what walk of life you in. Great. So like I said, I it's unfortunate because I was very curious to see how every was going to do. But I just I just hate the way that this all unfolded. And at the end of the day, the kids get shafted. The school is still going to be what the school is. Um, the board of, you know, the board of directors administrator is going to go on about their business. Ed Reed is going to, you know, go on about his business, whether he's going to get another head coaching opportunity, who knows, maybe mm-hmm. someone might take him on. I, I don't know, but you're going to have to be very aware of the person that you're bringing in. And Ed Reed needs to be very aware of the situation that you're going in before you agree to anything. Right. Like this can't go out there and just, say what you feel as though it don't act like these mobile devices with cameras and video recorders ain't somebody just sitting there in the corner like this. This ain't the same, this ain't my, this, 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 this ain't the you back in the day when you were there, when you guys got away with, you know, 
murder and then some. <laughs> there was no cameras to sit there. Recording. No, no cameras, no tape. <laughs> a lot of people talk about it, but the, the stuff at the U, everybody's very hush-hush about it. Exactly. So I think it's a learning experience for him. You know, I, I hope that they can come to some sort of conclusion. I hope that he can get back there and be that coach and do good things for Bethune Cookman. Because I think, I think at heart, he was trying to do what he thought was the best for the university and best for, excuse me, for the football team. But again, in that profession, you can't let your emotions run that high, that hot, that fast, you know. But I, I'm curious to hear more about this Reggie Theus aspect. And if Reggie, if Reggie Theus is going to sit there and stoop to the level. Matter of fact, man, I hadn't heard that name in God knows how long. I didn't even know the man was still alive. <laughs> Last time I saw him, he was co- he was um he was um commentating college basketball years ago. So I guess he he fell into the abyss of HBCU, and obviously I don't know if he's doing well or not, but I, it definitely wants me to uh to Google him and see <laughs> Reggie. <laughs> Damn, these phones listen to you way too much. <laughs> Say what? I said these phones listen way too much. All I did was type in my phone Reggie and Theus was the first one that popped up. Oh, I, I never, I never searched Reggie Theus in my phone before. I'm like, what the hell? I'm sorry. I thought you said these holes. I was like, whoa, what are you? <laughs> oh, uh-huh. too much. What are you talking about? <laughs> well, you know, some holes in his album, man. <laughs> <laughs> You hear that bumping in the background one day, you know, evil lurks. <laughs> <laughs> but anywho, man, I think we're coming up on our time. Uh, where can folks find you if they need to reach out? Uh, before I get into that, uh, uh, a quick uh, two-minute, well, a, a quick minute rant. Um, Frank Wright, new hire, ah. campus. Yes, yes. Steve Wilkes did a heck of a job. Didn't get opportunity. Haslett gets the OC job after flaming out in Denver. Guess they're trying to get Aaron Rodgers. Maybe they're not. Brian Leftwich got let go. Not his fault. Probably won't get another another job. But Haslett, after looking terrible at Denver, got an OC job. In a New York minute. Left which he won't. Oh, yeah, I got well, to say. They, uh, well, they as they kick one out, they're possibly bringing another one in, in D'Amico Ryan <laughs> in Denver. <laughs> I hope so, so. They're keeping, if nothing else, they're keeping that number very consistent. <laughs> you can only have one or two of you. We can't have, whoa, 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 wait a minute. We can't, too many of y'all coaching. No, no, no. <laughs> right. Oh, coordinator, sure, have at it. <laughs> you can coordinate, <laughs> OC, D, you can do all that stuff. I was still hoping that, um, what's old boy, OC at uh, Kansas City? Um, Eric, uh, Eric enemy Yeah. He's not even on any, you didn't even hear me even talk about some of these head coaching job opportunities. No, but he was talking about being an OC for the Jets. Oh. <laughs> Why would he take a lateral? I mean, granted, yes, he had a little less talent. I mean, younger talent. But why would he take a lateral when he can stay where he's at and knows the, knows the quality that he has in Patrick Mahomes? Exactly. Why well, I want to be an OC at the Jets, which is a hot mess most of the time, where I can be at a much more stable position, you know, here at KC. And if Andy Reid somehow retires, then I guess I'll get the job. But at this particular moment, <laughs> why take a lateral to go over there when I'm very good <laughs> where I'm at? Right. You know, it's like, well, I'm just going to spend these here records and uh, save my brain. But back to the original question, you can find me on Snapchat, Twitter, and the gram, J.E. Ross, number seven. And you can find me on Twitter. I had to download that stupid ass Twitter app, the actual Twitter app. I don't even understand that damn Twitter app. I was so happy with Plume. Elon, yo, what the hell are you doing, man? Why are you making it so that third party apps can't access Twitter? Why I gotta use your platform? You damn capitalist. Anyway, I'm not here to sit there and 
flame hate. I'm just saying, like, let some other people eat, dog. I mean, you rich. Let let the people at Plume make their money. Damn. Now I gotta sit here and deal with your whack ass app. <laughs> just so I can keep up with my with my entertainment. <laughs> Anywho, you can find me on Twitter at CatDaddy1963. That's CatDaddy1963 on Twitter. So with that, I think it's almost one hour and 45 minutes away from my birthday. I'm thankful to have you, Mr. 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 Smooth and Q. My brothers, happy to, to have you guys out here and happy to do this show. Look forward to many more. But tomorrow, excuse my French, I might just be a little bit after. Just a bit. Ah, maybe. Maybe, maybe, maybe not. Yeah, pretty much. Pop bottles. I'm going to do something. <laughs> I'm going to do something. Anywho, thank you everybody for, for tuning in. We appreciate y'all. We love y'all. If you have any questions, feel free to reach out to us, uh, to us on social media. But until next time, y'all stay safe, stay warm, and uh, enjoy the games this weekend.